this month of December. Give him a round of applause. God is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. To him be all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we please be seated? Can you welcome somebody beside you? Say, welcome. God bless you. Welcome. God bless you. Welcome. God bless you. Welcome. Hallelujah. If you have your Bible today with uh, the church, please turn with me to Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30, I read verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, I read verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. But choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. This month we've been looking at choices. The choice you make determines your destiny. The choice I make determines how my life will turn out to be. But one thing as we began to consider this that the Lord brought to my attention is that it is one thing to be in church and it's another thing to be blessed. It is one thing to be in church. It is another thing to walk in obedience. It is one thing to know the truth because the Bible says you will know the truth. The truth shall do what? It will set you free. But it is another thing to put the truth to work. Many of God's children today, it's not because we do not have the word. It's not because we have not been exposed to what can help our life. But the issue is, have I been careful enough to make a choice that we gravitate and put me very close to the plan and purpose of God for my life. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. If you find it, and I, I want us to read it. If you have another translation, I will appreciate it. Micah is in the Old Testament. You can find it in the New Testament. Turn to your neighbor. When last did you read the book of Micah? Some don't even know there is a Micah in the Bible. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. Can we read it together? It says, he has told you what? Oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, love, kindness, walk humbly. Can we have another translation? King James, if you have. Is it, okay, you read the Amplified later. He said, he had showed thee, oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with thy God. If you have amplified, can we hear you amplified? Thank you, ma'am. Yes. Hmm. 
Hallelujah. Thank you very much. I want us to note what the Bible is telling us today. The knowledge of scriptures is good. Is that not true? But it does not guarantee a future. The knowledge of what? The scripture is what? Yeah, but it doesn't. Oh, but somebody said, but why, am I, why is the pastor saying this? After all, if I know the Bible. No, it's not knowing. I, when I was growing up, I remember my mother in those days will open some whatever and put it under the pillow of the little baby. But do you know that those babies still die? My mother gave back to seven of us. Only two of us are existing. With all the scriptures and everything that is put under the pillow, still the babies, they died. But you say, but that is the word of God. Why wouldn't the word of God do what it ought to do? No. Brethren, the knowledge of scriptures is good, but it does not guarantee a future. What guarantees your future? It is the practice of the scripture that guarantees a colorful future. When God says, give, and it shall be given. When God says, pay your tithe. You see, many of us are in a financial problem we didn't bargain for. Not because God wished that you would be in that situation. The only thing is that we are not either paying or we are not paying correctly what belongs to God. When somebody came to Jesus and said, shall we pay what? Shall we pay what? Tribute. Do you know Uncle Sam does not ask you whether you want to pay or not? Does Uncle Sam ask you? No, before you even get the paycheck, whatever belongs to Uncle Sam has what? Has already been taken. But we bargain with God. God, you know that this month, I know of somebody who told me, say, you see, I have student loan. I have the, do you think God does not know you have all those things? He does. He does. The issue is, am I willing to make God number what? One. Anytime you don't make God number one, there is always a problem. Because he says his glory he will not share. So, it is the practice of scripture that guarantees a colorful what? Future. James chapter 1, 22 says, it is the doers are not what? The hearers. You may hear a lot of scriptures. You may attend so many, but if you do not, be, if you are not deliberate in doing those things, you only hear people doing what? Testifying. Why? Because you choose not to. And that's why we are looking at what? Choices. During the week, I was reading in 2 Chronicles 26, 3 to 5. 2 Chronicles 3 to 5. A boy of 16, a boy of 16 decided to align himself to God and he secured an enviable success that others began to wonder, what has this fellow, what has he done? The issue is that each time we align, do you know what it means to align? It means, God, I agree with what you have said in this particular thing. Lord, I agree with this particular issue. You are aligning yourself with it. Once you align with yourself, see what God, whether God will come through for you or not. But each time you decide not to align with God, that is when we have problems. The name of this young man was Uzziah. At age 16, he located the truth and 
put the truth to practice. He aligned himself. And for 52 years, he was the brightest of all kings that Israel ever had. At age 16, he discovered what God wants. And he did what? He began to do it. There were people who had come before him who didn't reign for five years, who didn't reign for ten years. But this guy, for 52 years, he was still there. My prayer for us is that may the Lord help us in Jesus' name. I say may the Lord help us in Jesus' name. The Bible says in verse 5 of that scripture, it says, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to do what? To prosper. It means a choice to seek the Lord can strengthen and establish you in life. It can give you a great destiny. That means good success in life is rooted in one thing. What is it? Seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord. Psalm 34 verse 10. You know what it says? It said, seeking the Lord. Psalm 34 verse 10. Look at what it says. It says, 34 verse 10 says what? It said, the young lion will always do what? Lack and suffer hunger. I began to ask God, why would a young lion suffer? It means the higher mighty. You know, there was this program. He said, the rich also do what? Aha. Uh-huh. The Bible is saying, the young lion lack food and suffer hunger. But they who do what? Who seek? Who seek? And that's why the Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, he said, somebody must be number one. Who? He said, seek first. Anytime you put God in number two, or number three, or number four, or whatever number you choose to, he refuses. He will tell you, no, I must be what? I must be number one. And that's why we are looking at what we are looking today. But for those of us who were not here last week, I will quickly go over what we said a little. He said, we talked about choices. He said, to make a choice is to select something or somebody selecting from alternatives. And then we say choices are not limited only to what is bad. Because oftentimes when we talk about choice, people think uh, uh, pastor is always talking about things that are bad. Mm-mm. Even when you make choices that are good, but God does not put his hand in it, it still, still comes to what? That is the, just the truth. Oh, you don't believe me. He said choices are not limited to wrong things. Even seemingly good things without seeking the Lord's mind it can lead to what? Destruction. That was what we were learning today during Sunday school. Proverbs 14, 12. Or is it during the uh, minister's, I mean, workers' meeting? Proverbs 14, 12 or Proverbs 16, 25 is the same thing. It says, there is a way that seems right unto a man. But what? There is always an end. And that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. So, life is all about choices. Life is all about what? Some of us are in America today because you chose. You wanted to be here. Is that not true? Or were you just where you came from and the American embassy kept on saying, oh boy, oh girl, you just have to relocate. Did they come to you? No, you did what? You made a choice. You said, look, I want to. In fact, as I'm talking to you, some people, they have a bed, a camp. There. They have been denied several times, but they said, no, I will still get there. So, Life is all about what? Choices. And they happen every day, every moment, every second. As believers, we are going to be offered opportunities to make choices in life. We are going to choose 
for example, a spouse. Is that not true? If I ask Mr. Adams, who helped you to choose your wife? <laughs> As believers, we are going to be made to choose a career. Do I want to be an engineer or a doctor? We are going to have the opportunity to choose which church we go. What kind of financial investment or where exactly in the part of the U.S. you would like to live? Many people live in regret today because yesterday they took what? Wrong choices 10 years ago. And let me tell you the truth. Many people today are enjoying and they are doing good because they did what? They took a choice 10, 15 years ago. And today they are only doing what? They are just reaping and reaping. That will be your portion in Jesus' name. Therefore, we must be wise in our choices. And we considered something to, we said there are some things you need to know when you are making choices. He said in everything we do, we are choosing what? A direction. Number two, we said we cannot afford to be flippant in our choices because good choices will help us to reap good reward. And there is no choice that does not count. Every choice you make in life, they count. The choices we make today will shape our lives tomorrow. And we said you will accomplish more in life if you make the right choices in the right direction. And finally, we said you will accomplish, um, uh, you are a product of your past choices. And don't be captured by life circumstances. Subdue them, not only with the right choice, but obedience to God. Then I said something that there are three critical choices you must make in life. Is that not true? According to Genesis 2, 15 to 17. I said, number one, what you choose to do what? Feed on the words, the books, the screen that you watch. Consistently, they will shape your personality in life and outlook. So if you feed on fear, you become fearful. If you feed on faith, you'll be full of faith. If you feed on lust you, and pornography, you become lustful. And feed on holiness, you become what? Holy. Number two, we said how we choose to call the things that come our way in life. There are so many things that you don't have control over. Oh, for example, you got fired from a job. You may not have control over it, but do you know that the way you respond to it will determine whether you would end well or not. We have a pastor in Redeem. They call it Pastor Mate. For those of us who know him, he's the one in charge of developing the campground today. Any structure you see there is there. He read, he went to school here in America, got back home, he got a job, and they fired him. And for him, it was discouraging with all the degrees they bought from all the way from the U.S., but the way he responded to it shaped his life. And he said, okay, if I was fired, at least I can still do something. So he began a supermarket. That's why if you go to, towards that um, Ikeja side, you see Mid Supermarket. That was what gave back to that. It was from that Mid Supermarket he built the house in the camp. He built the one in Ikeja. He built. Today, it doesn't lack anything. But what if he had said, well, why should I get fired? It means... I can't do any other thing. No. Don't be captured by what? 
circumstances. Name them. There are issues that will come into our life. It is how we do what? We name them. We name them. How you choose to call those things that come your way. In life, choose to label your experiences. If you wear a label of weak, people will see you as weak. If you wear a label that you are sick all the time, people will see you as what? Sickly. If you wear a label that, look, I'm healthy, people will always see you as what? A healthy person. It's a label. You see, when we go to our children's school, you know, when you want to get it, they will say, do what? For those of us who have gone to, uh, who teachers will tell you. Uh, they will say, sign in, isn't it? And then you, there is something you print, isn't it? And put what? A label. And put the label. Now, any teacher or anybody who sees you along the corridor, they immediately see that label and they are address you by that label. What is the label the devil and the world has placed on you and you accepted it? No. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. She refused, said, truly, I have spent and been spent. But I refuse to remain what? In this particular what? stage in which I find myself. My prayer for you is that you have a beautiful and a bright future. And whatever the enemy has placed on you we, we disconnect and we cancel it in Jesus' name. And finally, we said whom you choose to welcome into your life is very important. Many people will be presented to you in life. You have a choice as to the depth and the level of relationship you must have with people. People enter your life with a package whether they are weak or strong. If their life is not the best thing. It will rub on you, and you begin to... Haven't you seen that? I've seen some people, because they have friendship with people, the way that fellow laughs, with time, what happens? They begin to laugh that way. Is that not true? If that friend you have is a thief, whether you like it or not, I've seen people who got green card, got to in this country, but the first person they stayed with put a stamp permanently on their life. There was one that uh, was here. The, the fellow he stayed with was a 419. They would take people's credit cards. They would take it and then. And, and he told them it's the best job you can ever do. And truly, if you look at it, you are not paying what? <laughs> credit card? Oh, you take as much money. They built houses. They did everything. But the day came, of course, you know this country. They will watch and watch you. The day they nabbed you. In fact, you cannot even... You see, when they nab you, they don't catch you here. They catch you where you can't bring out the hand. And they got hold of the man. The man ran away from New York and came to Atlanta. I said, why did you come? He said, ah, I didn't know this is what it means. My prayer for you is that the kind of friendship you are making, they will help you to make heaven in Jesus' name. Do not think friendship is by force. It is not. And I gave you five values that you must consider. Number one, integrity, humility, service, generosity, simplicity. If your friend does not have those five, cut it off. And I'm telling you the truth. Generosity, humility, service. What again? Huh? Simplicity take it off. You must do a friendship audit. But let's leave that. Quickly, let's look at a few things. How do I make right choices in life? How do I make right choices in life? 
The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 10.23, Jeremiah 10.23, Jeremiah 10.23, what does it say? He said, it is not in man. It is not in a man that works to be able to do what? Direct his step. Can we have King James? Yes. He said, oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in a man that worketh to do what? You need help. I need help. Today, during the Sunday school, we are told you must learn to trust in the Lord. Psalm 37, 5 to 7. If you must make the right word, choices. You must let him choose for you. You must equally seek his face prayerfully and by reading the word of God. But there are four things I want you to understand if you must make the right choices. Number one, never be in a hurry. What did I say? Late last year, and I must have given the, uh, this thing here, don't ever be in a hurry. Any decision you make that you are in a hurry is not going to end well. My wife told me, oh, we needed a house. What do you call it? Is it a, a vacation house? Thank you, timeshare. I said, well, maybe we may do some investment in timeshare. How many of us know what timeshare is? How many of us have gone into their problem? <laughs> I got into their problem. They will just send you something, say, come to Florida or come to Hawaii or come to free night, free everything. And you begin to wonder, what is free about all this? When you get there, they will tell you, in fact, for three nights, you can't, they won't even give you one night. They will give you how many nights? Three nights. So that you can enjoy very well. And they will tell you, don't come alone. No. You must come with who? <laughs> come with your wife. And once you get there, oh, they will treat you to the best you can think of. In fact, they will even give you a voucher to go and enjoy fish and uh, seafood. But the last day, then they will say, we will have a short meeting. Very short meeting. That meeting can be for the next two hours. And before you know what they, their intention is to pressure you, to pressure you so that you can buy what? A house, one, that you have not seen. A house that when you need it, it will never be available. And suddenly, they will first start from 100 and something. When they look at you, that you are, mm, they come down, they come down. Until it is about 30,000. They say, Amba, you should be able to afford 30,000 now for a whole house. <laughs> well, the long and short of the story is that uh, I got hooked up into it. And you know one thing? <laughs> they sent you all manner of bills. They will tell you 1,005 is for them to help you be keeping the house. Maintenance. And they tell you all sorts of things. You know what? Choices. I told God, I said, God, I know I've, I, I made the wrong choice. Uh, you and I know that it's no hiding. <laughs> but how you will take me out of this thing? <laughs> and before you know how they will give your information to so many people, I don't know. Lawyers say, oh, you, you are under a timeshare. We can help you. I said, no. I went to God. I said, God, it is me and you today. And God said, did, did I make the decision for you? I said, no, but you can bring me out. You see, when it comes to choices, you must make a choice that God must help you. It has never happened. I just wrote some heavily loaded, and I prayed to God that God help me. 
to their CEO. I wasn't even, I was no longer talking to anybody on the CEO direct. I went for a program in Atlanta. I got his phone number. I got everything. I went to work, prayed, and I wrote. Within a month, every, every dime they collected, they wrote a single check and returned it back to me. It has never happened. Why am I saying this? Never be pressured into what? Don't. Don't. Never be in a hurry to make what? Most of the choices w that is made in a hurry usually lack quality and durability. Don't be pressured. It is easier to get into debt than to get out of what? And impatience will get you into what? Trouble. And the devil knows that your margin of error will increase. Is that not true? When you are in a hurry than when you are patient. God is the God of patience, so be patient. That's number one. Number two, ask for and wait for and receive divine counsel. Ask for, wait for, receive what? Instruction and guidance before making a choice. Jeremiah 6.16. Jeremiah 6.16. What does it say? Can we read it together? Jeremiah 6.16. Thus said the Lord, stand ye where and see and ask for what? The old path. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And ye shall find what? Rest. Isaiah 30, 21. Isaiah 30, 21. Look at what the Bible says there again. Isaiah 30, 21. It says, and thine ear, your ear will do what? Hear a voice behind the saying, this is what? The way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to where? You are not the only one traveling this way. Many people have traveled this way before you. They know things that you don't know. Therefore, learn to do what? Seek for help. Number three, in making choices, consider the long-term effect. Consider what? The long-term effect, not the immediate short-range pleasure. Many of us who came from the other side, that is what this, uh, I remember one name, Forum. Uh, for those of us who grew up that name, Forum. You may wonder, what is Forum? Is a financial house. Uh, you may think it is only where I came from. No. Here in America, in fact, if you learn to watch the American Greed, American Greed channel, you will know that many people get into trouble. It's just the same pattern that we have back home. People will ask you to come and invest in a particular thing. Is that not true? And they will tell you they will give you immediately what? Whatever the interest is, even upfront. And you'll be wondering, so my money can quickly make this kind of money. Now, you, they give you that money up front, but you lose the principal. And when you need it so much, you will say and you will ask for so many things, they will give you one excuse or what? Or the other. So what we are saying in essence is that in making choices, consider what? The long-term effect, not what? The immediate short-range pleasure. Proverbs 20, 21. What does it say? Can we read it together? 20. Proverbs 20, 21. Can we read it? He said, an inheritance at the beginning. But what? The end shall not be played. This was a problem Esau had. 
he wanted red potato, instant what? Aha. He chose to he chose the beans instead of the blessing. And the Bible called him a fornicator. So you must learn to focus your attention on the far and long range effect before taking any decision. That was the problem Lot had. You remember Lot? He chose the beautiful grassland, isn't it? Leaving his uncle with the desert. Little did he know that that desert that he chose is going to be a cost place. So things, not, things are not usually how they seem to look in the surface, so you have to be very careful. Number four, let the main determinant of your choices be that you love God and you fear him. Let the main determinant of your choice be that you do what? You love and you fear God. Jeremiah 10, 23. Jeremiah 10, 23. Look at what it says. Jeremiah 10, 23. What does it say? Can we read it together? Jeremiah 10, 23. Okay. So, we said that before. So, you must choose a lifestyle that make God your sole purpose for living. Let the reason for that choice be that you love God and want to obey him. You want to submit to him. You fear him. Without a heart for God, you don't have a mark on the earth. Without a heart for God, you don't have what? A mark on earth. The love and the heart you have for God will take you to places. Don't allow peer pressure or circumstances to dictate your choice. We have seen people in the past who allow peer pressure. My friend is buying that car. I must equally go and do what? And quickly they go and trade in. Such a nice old jalopy that was doing his job. And when they get to the car dealership, a car that you bought for 30000 they will throw at you 5000 And say, well, this is just what it is worth now. You mean... 5,000, and because they wanted to go along with the Joneses, they want to use that same car. They threw away that car, collect 5,000, and then go and put on a garment of what? 40,000. Because the new car they are giving to you, it's not free. Is it free? No. So by the time they give you, they will just minus the 5,000 from what? 40,000. What happens? You are left with a debt of what? That is the way it works here. But where we came from, the Bible says, no, oh, no man what? May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. I say, may the Lord help us in Jesus' name. So why do we need to make right choices? Why? Number one, it is only right choices that please God. It is only what? Right choices that pleases God. That what that's what look at Job in Job chapter one, Job chapter one, nine to ten. The Bible talked about Job. It said Job chose God's way. He chose God as a lifestyle and he didn't know any lack. He became the greatest man on the entire east. Job chapter one, verse nine. Let's read verse nine. It said, then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for what? 
for naught. Look at verse 10. And God says, Has not thou made an edge about him and about his house and about all that he had on every side? Thou hast blessed what? The work of his hand and his substance is increased in the land. This will be your own portion too in Jesus' name. Why do we need to make right choices? Number one, it is only the thing that pleases who? God. Number two, right choices affect us either for good or for what? For bad. Just as when we make the wrong choices. Abraham, when he made the wrong, right choice by giving his child, it was good, isn't it? But when he decided to sleep with the house girl, what, what, what was it again? It was a wrong choice. He lived with both. Is that not true? He did. Up to today, we are still experiencing that choice. Just two, three days ago, we are told in Florida, somebody from the other side just decided to kill four people. It is just the choice that one man did what? Several what? Years ago. Years ago. Number three, right choices have effect on others too. A father who eats saw grapes, that is what Ezekiel 18 verse 2 tells us. Ezekiel 18 verse 2. A father who eats saw grapes has the teeth of their children set on edge. There are many of us who suffer because of foolish choices that our father had made or our mother or our parents had made in the past. But my prayer is that your own seed will not suffer because of the choices you make today in Jesus' name. The onus is on us not to repeat that wrong thing that our father did. For example, my father loved women and he had, he had quite a number of them. But I made up my mind I'm only going to have what? Only one. And God has helped me. This is 32 years going. What am I saying? It's a choice. It's a choice. I've seen some parents, yes, they have the wife, but they go out, they have concubines. They sleep, they have children. It's the day they die that you see one will carry one that is even fresh. They look. Uh, don't, don't divide any, this one too belongs to him. <laughs> That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. So you must make a choice. A choice that will not affect the generation that is what? That is coming. Number what now? Number four. All things being equal. That is what the economists will tell us. Is that not true? Sateris. Aha, you are an economist. It is the choice we make today that will lead to other choices in life. One wise choice will lead to another wise choice in the future. All things what? Being equal. And number five, right choices will protect us against Satan's ploy, plans, and trap. If you make right choices, you will not fall into the hand of the devil. The devil is just waiting for us to make a wrong choice, to make a wrong turn at the nick of the road. But you will not make a wrong choice. You will not turn onto the other side. Look at what happened in Genesis 9. Can we read it together? Genesis 9. 20 to 24. I'm sure you must have heard about the story of this young man. Genesis 9. Noah. Who was Noah? Who can tell us who Noah was? Who was he? He was righteous. He walked with God. But the Bible says after God had done everything, he became what? An husband man. What is a husband man? Eh? He's a pan white tapper. <laughs> Let me use it so that the language will understand. And with all God has done, 
he made one choice, and that choice was to become what? Drunk. And once you are drunk, you become what? Even if you don't know, I've seen drunkard, they, he will be telling you that you are the one that is naked. There is no difference between a drunkard and a madman. Because as at that time, your, what is that uh, senses? Medulla oblongata. Is being infused by what? Hot drink. And of course you knew what happened. At the end of the day, he became naked and he caused, he caused his own child for, for looking at what? His nakedness. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Right choices will protect us against the ploy of who? The devil. And finally, a choice is not right because many people made that same choice. A choice is not what? Because many people are doing what? I've always told you, many people may not be what? Right. In fact, oftentimes, many people are not right. Read the Bible very well. When you see many people drifting into a particular, watch it. Ask God, God, is this what exactly you want? I'll give you an example. Look at the people that were sent. Twelve people were sent to do what? To spy. A land that has already been given to the children of Israel. All they wanted is affirm, align, confirm what God had already given to them. And many of us sitting here, before the end of this year, everything God has given to you, you will take delivery of it in Jesus' name. But ten people came and said, no, God is a liar. They doubted God and said, no. What we saw there, even though the land was good, but we saw giants. We saw this. And what happened? They came. And that's why what you say at times, you may not know the impact. But until when we get to heaven, that's when you know the impact. Just because of 10 people who came, the Bible says the children of Israel, the entire, they cried throughout what? The night. Why? Somebody came and said some things. And these other two people became like what? They became like what? They are liars. But by the time God came into the scene, he now made these two to become what? Those ones. That's why the ten, their generation, every one of them did what? They perished. Only these two people. But in those days, it would have looked at, ah, it is just these ten people that are what? Don't, the Bible says, don't follow the multitude to do what? Don't follow the multitude to do what? Yes. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Because of time, I may not be able to go on because I still have something I was going to discuss with us. But I want us to please be upstanding. I want us to be upstanding. To make the right choices, you must go back to God. Can we please read together Psalm 51? A man who made what? A wrong choice. And he knew that, Lord, it is unto you that I made this wrong choice. Can we read it? We are going to read it. Give us um, King James. Can we read it together? We are going to read everything. It's just about six or seven verses. He says what? Have mercy on me, O God, according to what? According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out. Now, this is a man who wants to do what? 
the right with God. There is no way you want to write with God if you don't ask God for mercy. You and I, just like I told you, we have made several what? Choices that are not the right thing. But you can't sweep that choice under and think nothing is happening. Number two, it says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from what? My sin. Some choices we make are sin, not only to us, but to God. Number three, for I acknowledge my word, transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Verse four, against thee, thee only. Hold on. See, many of us, the choices we make, we think it is against this other thing. You see, when you sin against somebody, you are not, it's not that fellow. And I want you to understand this. When God was going to encounter a man called Saul, he said, Saul, Saul, why do you do what? Persecute me. He said, oh, God, why would I, if you, I can't persecute you. No. And what did he say? He said, no, you are persecuting me. He said, as long as it is those people you are doing it to, who are you doing it to? You are doing it to me. When you love somebody, it's not just God. Though. It's God. I mean, it's not that fellow you are loving. It is God you are loving. So he said, against thee, thee only have I done what? Sin and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Verse 5. Behold what? Why now? Behold, I was what? And in sin. Go ahead. Verse 6. Behold, thou desired what? Truth in the inward path, and in the hidden path thou shalt make me. Number seven, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be. Verse eight, make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may what? May rejoice. Verse nine, hide thy face from what? my sin, and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10 says, create in me, O God, and renew. 11 says what? Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And verse 12, restore unto me the joy of the servant, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Is that the end? One more. Fourteen, deliver me. And okay, let, let let's stop there. Let's stop there. We want to talk to God this morning. You have made some choices. I have made some choices. We need to go to God and say, God, cleanse me. I love you, because if you don't, the Bible says, he that does what to his sin will not do what will not prosper. And we want to prosper. We want the best. So let's talk to God. What choices have you made that you know was wrong? What choices have you made that you know was against the other brother, the other sister? Why don't we talk to the Lord? This is where we're going to end today. Talk to the Lord and ask God to give you his best. His best. His best.
Let's press in the place of prayer. Father, have mercy on me. Forgive me. Wash me in your precious blood. Father, Lord God, have mercy on me. Let's pray that prayer. Father, have mercy on me. You know, mercy is not only a function of sin. It's also a function of the divine power of God to just show compassion to you. Say, Father, have mercy on me. Forgive me. Have mercy on me, Father. Have mercy on me. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you, Savior, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for your mercy. I worship you. I 